The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. My name's Connor. I'm a chef and media producer. I am joined, as always, by Darren Lafferty, a veteran in the food service industry. <laughs> I keep calling you a veteran, even though you lost the, the older that showed yeah, that. The knowledge. older I get, the more veteran I become. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we are joined today by Thomas Nguyen, uh, co-owner, co-owner, co-founder, yeah. founder, yeah, uh, uh, probably wearing a lot more hats than that now, uh, <laughs> of Peli Peli and Peli Peli Kitchen. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate you taking some time out. Man, thanks you for having me. Drove from the Woodlands, and for those who don't know, uh, Houston, the Woodlands is about an hour and you know thirty minutes from here without traffic. In the rain, so, yeah, in, in the, the rain, rain. <laughs> and everything. Um, we know you got your hands full, uh, Thomas. If you would just do us a favor for listeners who don't know uh, your background, could you kind of just give us a, a, a recap of how you got into the restaurant industry? Because sure. this wasn't something I think you. Uh, initially saw when you uh you know kind of started your uh your education and everything right <laughs> I, I am uh, i would say I'm, I'm the perfect example of if i can do it anyone else can do it uh i have absolutely no background in restaurants i have no background in marketing um i it's all trial by error um i used to be a lawyer a long time ago you know i went that route went to ut for undergrad law school i thought I would it would it'd be the all my dreams everything I wanted to do and, and, <laughs> and I realized right when I stepped into law school is probably not for me <laughs> and you know it's tough you know I, I I'm just I'm just like a lot of people out there at that age um, you, you expect to know all these things and you don't really know what you want to do didn't have a lot of guidance there uh, finished law school just to make my parents happy and and it did I'm, I'm glad and I'm glad I finished and I'm glad I went through it but uh, certainly wasn't a passion of mine. Um, I started uh, what is now the largest Asian fraternity in Texas. And, and, and the funny thing about that is that enabled me to do what I do now. I I was the social chair. I, I marketed the fraternity. I, I helped throw the parties. I, I threw events that, you know, would get gather everyone together. And I really enjoyed doing it. And so. So were you shy before that or not? I mean, uh, so that's the funny very, thing. Because you're very outgoing now. But before <laughs> you became the marketing director or whatever you want to call it for the fraternity, were you quiet? Were you shy? I mean. So great. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, again, uh, it, a lot of people think that's really weird because now I'm, I, I feel, you know, I finally met like my soulmate and I have the best friends in the world. So I feel really secure. But. I had a hard time growing up, like in you know junior high and high school. My parents were, I would say, you know, low to medium income, mm-hmm. but you know didn't have a lot of extra money, right? So I didn't have nice clothes. I, I didn't have a lot of friends and, and and not a lot of family, so I didn't have a lot of people to talk to, and so it, it made me kind of uh, really shy. Mm-hmm. I was socially awkward because I, you know. Siblings? No siblings? No siblings. Okay. I mean, only child. You know, I hung out with my mom all the time. You Are know. you first first generation yes. here then? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was born here in Chicago. And, okay. and um, you know, I had a great childhood. And my parents gave me a lot of love. I just didn't have a lot of friends. And sure. so I was really, really shy and when I was younger. And I didn't really have a chance to break out of it until I went to UT, of all things. You know, sometimes <laughs> I, I wanted to get it. I wanted to leave and go somewhere else to kind of have a second chance of starting over. Mm-hmm. And UT uh, Austin allowed me to do that. I mean, I, I came in there and I met 
um, a group of guys that kind of allowed me to be myself, mm-hmm. uh, didn't judge me, was super cool, and I, I don't know how it happened. We ended up creating a fraternity, you know, and, and it was in the beginning it was supposed to be like the movie Old School, right? Like, <laughs> hey, right. I love you, Blue. <laughs> Let's just create it because it didn't. <laughs> oh, I mean, there, there really wasn't any other Asian fraternities there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, for Asians, fraternity Greek life is not big. There's not a big history for it, and so. Um, but the reason I started it because I wanted to create an environment for people like myself mm. yeah. that di- that weren't cool, you know, that didn't have a lot of friends that, you know, hopefully we can provide an environment to build leaders and to build, you know, support ourselves so we can become men. Right. 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 And that was the whole point of it. And, and you know, I don't I didn't have anything to do with it. But, you know, <laughs> fast forward 25 years later, uh, 25 years. Next year is our 25th anniversary. But we have it. We have an endowment at UT now. We're one of the few <laughs> fraternities at UT to have an endowment. We have five chapters in the state of Texas. So I'm really proud of what they've been able to accomplish. But how that's pertinent to this is it allowed me to do things that I would never expected to do. Um, I was like, sure, it sounds fun. And they believed in me and and I got, you know, it allowed me to break out of my shell. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to law school with my best friend. You know, he's still a lawyer. Uh, He works for Brookfield and for me, I, I was lost for a while, you know. Well, I think, you know, because my wife is first generation as well. And, you know, her household is very different than, like, my household. So, like, when she came over and met my parents for the first time, my mom's Italian and came up and went for a big hug. And I kid you <laughs> not, you know, my wife's five one took two and a half steps back. Like, oh, my God, what's this woman doing? You know, and we're huggers. We're very much you know, uh, talking about, you know, our, our feelings and how things are going and da 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 And like, you know, just the same thing when she went to UT, she kind of came into her own in that it's like her parents came over here and they kind of had a certain way of how they wanted to right. raise, you know, her, but it's very in contrast to what, you know, the American kids are doing. And so like, you know, you're kind of, I always say it's like, you're not raised by the person who was raised. You weren't raised by wolves. You were raised by the person who was raised by wolves. You know, so because they're speaking a different language to you, and almost quite literally, like my wife had trouble communicating to her parents because she right. just never picked up Cantonese or Mandarin or anything like that. And so it's it's very interesting to say, you know, you are lost because that that can happen. You know, um, I was fortunate enough to actually have some experience overseas in Cairo, Egypt, and, and Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and it's one of those wow. things where like you get thrown into something, and it's like you know, hey, you know, I like basketball. And they're like, well, we play football. You know, gringo, get the fuck out of here. You know, like type of stuff, you know. And so, you know, not that that's a similar experience or whatnot, but you really do discover yourself once you kind of break away from that. And that's kind of right. cool that you've that's awesome. developed something to help other young men who may be going through the same thing and, and trying to discover who they are um, as well. Sorry, that's a very side restaurant tangent. I, right. just, thought, <laughs> well, I just thought it was a very cool, cool thing to kind of explore a little bit too, though. So. Well, I mean, I, I owe everything to that experience you know i don't know if i'd be here today without um you know that experience of going through that fraternity right i mean when people think of fraternity they think of there's a lot of negativity out there and Mm -hmm. and justifiably there's a lot of bad examples out there there's a lot of groups that abuse that power uh that abuse that platform right and Mm -hmm. and fortunately for us you know we 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 kind of formed it after what we thought was useful right um and for us it was like hey guys like you know how hard it is going to be for us when we graduate? No one gives a shit about us. You're not going to make partner, right? I mean, we're Asians, right? I mean, we're looked at as weak, you know, meek, you know, we don't speak up. And, and it was an opportunity for us to say, listen, it's not cool to graduate four years and not put yourself in a better position than, you know, your parents slaved to get you to this point. So mm-hmm. let's be better people than we, than we, when we came into the school right how you know and we partied hard obviously because yeah. we wanted to get that experience but at the end of the day you know we always remember that hey man don't be an ass I, like I, yeah be a good representation for right right and but i would bet i'd probably bet my last dollar that that was your you were always born to be a leader in some capacity you may not have known it you didn't recognize it you didn't see it when you looked in the mirror but setting up a fraternity right a legal a legal organization under under the umbrella of a university you became a leader and that leadership transferred into whatever industry you wanted to be you just happened to be in the restaurant industry yeah. would you agree with that yeah i mean i'd, I'd like to think that uh, yeah. you know for me i'm more of a facilitator <laughs> i'm still not comfortable with you know being in a leadership position right I, I'm, a, I'm more like a point guard <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel You're better when dots. i'm connecting the dots i feel better when everyone around me are better versions of themselves that's mm-hmm. what makes me excited right i i don't i don't know if i feel like i'm i'm not a lebron 
Right. <laughs> I, 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 I'd feel better if like everyone around me is so succeeding. You're Scottie Pippen. You're Scottie Pippen. Then? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he was. I, I would say. You know. I mean. You're not giving yourself enough credit. That's what I was going to say, right? Yeah. Top 50 player. I appreciate that. You can call whatever you want. You can blush as long as you want. You're a leader. We'll call you a leader. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and a lot of people think I left law to go straight into Pelly, and it wasn't the case. I was lost so for a So tell us years. about that. Yeah, yeah. Tell, us, tell about that. You know, I, I so I, 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 three years of law, I hated it every minute of it, and, 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 and it just got worse and worse. And, and the, I think the worst part is the, your whole life, you're like, hey, man. I did everything I was supposed to do. Why am I not happy? You know, like this doesn't make any sense. Like you're like at that point, let's see, I was 27 by my third year. Okay. And you know, at that point, like the money is good. The image is great. Yeah. People think you're hot shit. Your parents, parents certainly hopping. think they're, my parents were loving it. I mean, they would, you know, they're one of those parents, like you see, like they grab you like, Hey, do you know my son's a lawyer? Yeah. I mean, like one of those things. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they don't do that anymore. I mean, it's taken them a while to get to that point, but you know, it, it wasn't like it used to be, right? right. And, and it took me a while to get over that. But um, you know, at 27, you know, you have everything you, you think you want, and you're not happy. And so I, I kind of can get why people that we think are like should be successful go through bouts of depression, because mm-hmm. obviously, like you know, what we think are things that were reasons why they should be happy. I mean, if that's not what you're looking for, or if that doesn't, doesn't complete you, then yeah. you're going to be feeling like you're missing something, and it's hard to understand that, you know. Yeah. And so for me, I was like, I'm 27. I, I did everything. I have everything. I'm, but I'm really miserable. You know, I hated waking up because I had to go to work. Is there you a know? lot of self doubt during that time, or a lot of self blame that you're a feeling? Of, a lot of self blame. Okay. You know, I can blame my parents all I want, but it, it didn't, they didn't hold a gun into my head. Right. I, I was the one that picked what my major is. I'm the one that made a decision. Yeah. You know, if it was up to them, I'd be a doctor. Mm. Uh, but I suck at science, so you know. <laughs> but I mean, I made the decision. I thought it was going to be cool. Right. You know, I thought it was going to be awesome being a lawyer. I, I bust my ass again into UT. You know, um, and I'm still paying for it. You know, <laughs> uh, but for me, you know. Luckily, I had a friend that convinced me, listen, he was in the fraternity and said, man, I've always thought you were good at marketing and, and PR and, and branding. Um, and I was like, what am I going to do, man? I didn't even get to take class for it, right? Yeah. So I helped him kind of do it marketing for his company. And then, you know, luckily we met Chef Paul, uh, one of the original founders as well and because it was you know, a point of sale system for point Russians, of sale systems right, right. Mm-hmm. and uh you know and and he wanted to do south african for the mainstream uh, but he needed a, a partner he needed a team he didn't want to do it by himself and and, and i convinced him that i could handle the, the marketing side of it and so we opened our first location in 2009 mm-hmm. uh you know and it's been we just hit our 10 this is 10 years Congratulations. i mean april 13th was <laughs> 10 years for vintage Right. Uh, 10 years for the concept you know uh paul has uh taken a back seat he's still a partner okay. uh but he's he's taken a position at Ravino uh, country club he's kind of kind of let other members of the team grab a hold of the reins in terms of operations yeah. and, and so you know paul gave us 10 amazing years you know and, and we looked forward to you know 10 more with the with the different team and operations so when you jumped into saying yeah i'll do the marketing and promotion or of you know what was going to be a South African restaurant. Right. Um, I always use the reference of um, uh, Mark Cuban, and that he was selling people software programs or things that he could do to a computer, and he'd literally say, "Yeah, I can do it," and then spend all night learning how to do it, and then do it the next day and, and install the software. And that's how he built himself up. He basically got right. paid to learn, you know, type of thing. You said what? Like I can do it, and I, I, he could. I think what he decided was this guy. Look, I don't know if he can do it or not, but he's certainly passionate about it, and he, and if he's willing to put his uh, livelihood on the line okay. for this, then I, and I can, I can buy into that. Yeah, okay. and, and I was willing to bet on myself. I said, listen, I, I know what I don't want to do, <laughs> and, and I, I haven't proven it. I could be totally wrong, mm-hmm. but man, I, I can tell you that to me. You know that chance to create a new restaurant concept and to think about what that looks like, what it's called, you know, how we market it. I mean, I'll stay up all night and think about it, right? Right. Um, I don't know if anyone will outwork me. I know I won't be the smartest person in the room, but I'll figure it out. And that, yeah. that was it. Took me longer than expected. And I'm still. I mean, you know, the game has changed in terms of sure. marketing, branding, and PR. So it's it's not over. I got to relearn it, right? Because right. 
what 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 has worked for the last 10 years doesn't work anymore right, right? and so you have to kind of relearn like a whole another set of um strategies, strategies yeah. right and and that's what i'm in the middle of doing now so i'm just like everybody else i'm trying to figure it out so <laughs> in, in 2009 when you guys decided hey this is what we're going to do right we're going to create this this partnership this brother this brotherhood we'll open up a restaurant tell us some of the things that, that you guys had to tackle that mm-hmm. first year before you even opened finding a Find, spot I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean what was the hardest thing about that first location everything <laughs> uh, i mean you and you'll be amazed uh no one wanted a South African restaurant in the shopping center. I mean, we called landlords and said, hey, we got this great idea. And they're like, nope, not interested. <laughs> they, they didn't understand what that they was. They didn't understand. They were like, this is not going to work. Yeah. I've never even heard of South African before. Because at the time, what was there that was <coughs> representative of that? You know, not In Houston, I think there was a place that was in Sugarland okay. that was, had lasted six months. Right. Um, certainly no other in Texas. Right. Uh, there's... South African restaurants in New York, Orlando, and Atlanta. Those are kind of the big three, and I think in L.A. as well. Mm-hmm. But certainly none in Texas that people were aware of. And so when you talk to landlords and you said, hey, I have a South African restaurant, they didn't want to hear it. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they're looking at <clears throat> concepts that they understand, yeah. that they feel like are going to be there for 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you say Texas, you don't think international. You don't, you don't think not South yet, Africa. Not yet. No, back, back then. <laughs> back, back then. Back, right. back in 2007, 2008. Absolutely right? not. They don't think, oh, well, Texas is international, South Absolutely Africa. Absolutely not. So, yeah, so, that definitely was a steep hill for sure. <laughs> location, finance, same issue. Banks were like, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> uh, it, you know, when we finally opened, it was difficult educating people about our food. Now, I'm Asian too. That certainly didn't help, you know, in, in terms of kind of being at the front of the house, talking to customers when they came in. You know, I, I, ha- I always joke about it, but I did have people assume that, oh, this is like payway. I'm like, well, now I, I get where you, why, why you say that, but it's not, you know. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Paul and I had a, a hard time, you know, uh, getting staff. I've never worked in a restaurant before, by default, end up having to become GM. So I didn't know the difference between a server and a bartender. I didn't understand how to work a POS. I mean, I literally, I had to learn everything. And, you know, by the way, figure out, you know, how to market, yeah. how to build a customer base. Yeah. Um, I always say though that, uh, and these are things I still talk about now when I when I, you know, am able to teach a class at U of H or like I do seminars. I'm like, man, you know, the best marketing opportunity asset that you have is actually you, and and that's what a lot of people kind of, I think they miss that boat a little bit. They yeah. they try to hire experts, right? Right. Um, they try to hire people to represent them, mm-hmm. and 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 I get there's a use for that, but you know, you're the best one. I mean, there's no, no, no greater one's more impact. vested than you, right? No one's more vested than you. But there's not a person that people want to talk to more than you. Right. Now, I get that there's going to be a point that you can't handle that, but that means your business is, right. is booming. But when right. you're mom and popping, when you're when you're starting off, I mean, you're the person that everyone wants to meet. Your your word carries so much more weight. Right. You know, with the media, with customers, with everything. I mean, you know, just like Astra, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, people gravitate towards like the owners. And, and a lot of owners don't realize how much value they have. They, they outsource it to a third party, soulless, you know, or, you know, yeah, not yeah. to degrade it, but you know what I no, mean? But like, yeah, yeah, they people, pass it people off. Can, yeah. People can sniff it out where it's, where it's like almost an ad type of right. thing, you know, as opposed to something that's authentic and genuine. You and, know? and you may not be perfect, but uh, like you said, I mean, like I'm certainly not. Um, but people at least know, like, hey, it came from my mouth. I know, I know Thomas. And, and in the beginning, people knew who the owners of Pelly Pelly work. Right. I mean, they still do. Um, How big was that initial team? You know, so it was you and Paul. And this is me, Paul, and, and, and Michael. And we had like a, a group of silent investors. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so was there someone who had prior front of the house experience that yep. could kind of help guide you? Or were you, you know, restaurant for dummies, you know, book, you know, type of thing? I mean, Paul obviously helped with uh, back of house and, 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 and front of I mean, I learned everything from Paul okay. at that point. Uh, it, I had to learn everything else on the fly. Yeah. You know, I guess one thing I, that I was comfortable with was uh, interpersonal communications with customers. Yeah. Customer yeah. service. I didn't know much, but I said, hey, listen, they got to leave happy. Right. I got to figure <laughs> that out. And, and to me, that was a lot easier than uh, maybe it was for other people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot, but person coming in, just make sure they leave smiling. Yeah. You know. So then walking into it too, 
how was your first experience with South African food? Was it at Paul's place? Paul's like, place. You know, he just cooked you up something and you were just like... We, we cooked food. <laughs> he cooked food for like two years. Because <laughs> you know, we were like, we got to get this right. right. I mean, we, we got to... And, and, and there have been other South African restaurants before and they had failed. Mm-hmm. We had to figure out why. Yeah. Um, we had to figure out how to stay true to our roots, but also make it more presentable to the mainstream. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the most annoying thing I still get is I'll have, uh, you know, people come in and it's our fault because we're not educating them. Right. But 20 percent of our menu is authentic South African. Right. And, and the rest is fusion. And if we fail to educate them on what they're expecting, mm-hmm. then they're not going to they're going to be disappointed. Right, right. You know, if a South African comes in, you got to find it out. <laughs> you got to let them you got to figure that out. Right. As a, on a serving side. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are one of the things we learned by trial and error right we had to figure out like man a south african doesn't want fusion items right <laughs> they want a hundred percent biltong boars yeah you know things that they're used to which we, we can give them right right um one thing i did learn early on was i like i learned a lot from pf chains okay i respect them as a company they i mean i, I can all, i envy what they've been able to accomplish right but one thing you know asians don't eat at pf chains right and so for me i was like i i don't want south africans to feel the same way about peli peli mm-hmm. I want them to be proud that we're we're the a platform to highlight everything that's wonderful about their country. Yeah, because yeah. you are going to be and have become a big representation of right. that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cuisine. You know, and, and highly scrutinized, highly right. scrutinized by, by that group, you know, by that group. Absolutely, yeah. uh, and for the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of South Africans in Houston really love us. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you have that that zero point. Oh, one. <laughs> that's like, oh, you're not 100% South African. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And if I was, I wouldn't be around to talk to you. You know, the, the beautiful thing about that is, so what I heard you say in the beginning, 2009, right? A customer comes in, I want them to leave happy. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen the transformation over the last five, six, seven years, where you've been in the business long enough, you believe in your product 100%, you know what you can and cannot do. I've seen you on social media stand your ground against those, point zero one percent people that make either rude ignorant or just downright stupid comments about the food absolutely and i commend you for that because Mm -hmm. look it's you know as well as i do it's hard as hell to open up a restaurant you got to convince a lot of people to give you a lot of money to do that so you got to fight to stay in business i'll tell you what i'm not probably shouldn't say this but you know, I, I'm good at that. <laughs> bring it on, bring it. I mean, anyone that owns a restaurant or works in a restaurant can probably relate to this. But you know, over the weekend, almost had my weekend ruined because I get a, you know, had a had a customer that said this is one of their favorite restaurants. So they've been to the restaurant before many times, so much that they've they said this used to be one of their favorite restaurants. They had a bad experience at our new location in the woodlands. Hmm. So. You would think, having been there before, knowing what the food tastes like, knowing what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. That you would email us. Yeah. Send us. I mean, Don't there's a lot of different ways. There's Don't a lot of different ways. It, right? Don't blast it. Man, not, not, here's what they did. They decided not only was it, they posted on multiple foodie groups, the same message, and went on Yelp, uh. threw down a two-star on Yelp. And I'm <laughs> like, man, who needs enemies? Right. I mean, you know. This is your favorite place, really? This is your favorite place. That's yeah. how you, wow. <laughs> I, I, I hate to see how you treat the places you don't like. Oh, you know, man. Right? And, and no. it's, it, it's, you know, those are things that are tough. But to your point, yeah. like, man, I, it's hard. Like, if there's one thing, like, love me or hate me or ha- love or hate Pelly, I, I always want to remain authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'll bend over backwards to take care of you if I feel like yeah. you really want to be taken care of, right? right? Yeah. But if, if, like, it took every ounce of my just will, you know, to not respond in the way. That, and I didn't respond that way. Yeah. You know, um, it's hurtful, though. It you is. know, as a person, like, why, why would you do that? If you're, te- if you're telling me, you, you, like, a first-timer, hey, I get it. Yeah. You yeah. don't know me. Right. You, you've never been to the restaurant. So if I gave you something bad, then go ahead, shit on me. <laughs> but, but, but if you've been there before, yeah. right. you've been there multiple times. When you say this used to be my favorite place. And then throw out a two star or throw them under the Let bus. Let me fix it first. Yeah. Right, give me a chance. Especially right. if you're a frequent at the Woodlands location because your management team does circle quite a bit. They've you've probably come face to face with him multiple times that you should be comfortable enough to express 
this dissatisfaction to a manager right you know you but i mean but like <laughs> yes but like look i'm not making excuses but man 30 days we've been <laughs> yeah. open 30 days you need 90 we're gonna, days at least we're gonna make mistakes yeah. and, and the reviews are stellar i mean kudos to macy maples the chef of cuisine there and patrick wise the gm there they're killing it mm-hmm. i'm so proud of them yeah. i mean we're four and a half stars on every platform that's hard to do for 30 days yeah. but we're gonna make some mistakes mm-hmm but I swear to you, we're going to make up for it. Mm. You know, let me buy you dinner. Yeah. You know, let me make up for it. But man, fucking blast me like that. Yeah. It's hurtful. Yeah. Really hurtful. And, and, and in that situation, I didn't respond like I wanted to. But you're right. I mean, I, I do have reviews every once in a while where I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't ever want you back. Because because right. I can feel like you're just a really nasty person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And and I don't know. I don't want to bend over back. Yeah, but, but more than more... On, on these particular responses, and if I recall correctly, you're, so there's a little bit of lawyer in you, right? You don't just <laughs> emotionally bark out something. You go and pull the ticket, and you're looking for that person that came in. And you're saying, this is BS. You well, didn't even come in and buy what you said you bought. You're just giving right. feedback that's, that's false. And I don't want to use the word false narrative, but you're literally creating a false narrative about the restaurant. And I did the research, so I know you didn't. Mm. And I love it. I'm, I mean, I'm cheering for you in the background. <laughs> I mean, we can use reviews to operate our business, mm-hmm. you know, for good and bad. Yeah. You know, our servers, when they get mentioned, you know, we reward them. When they do something negative, we coach them. Um, but anytime I get a bad review, the first thing I do is forward it to our team and, and get their point of view. I don't, you know, I say, guys, I'm not going to rush the judgment. Well, what will happen here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they try to fix it, then like, that's all they can do. Yeah. Right. And, and I'll go back and I'll try to fix things with the customer. Right. But I mean, every once in a while, you're going to have a customer that, I mean, uh, and, and you can tell you, you click on their, uh, <laughs> it's funny. You always click on their profile and you can see all the reviews that they yeah, do. Yeah, and it's, right. it's, it's, it's sadly hysterical, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's messed up because they're messing with people's livelihoods and their money. And they think it's funny, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know why people do that. Well, uh, you know, from 2009 to the progression of you're proud of your business, I'll fight for my business. But still at the end, you're still trying to make the customer happy. Right. You still care. Still. Right. You still love the business. And so, you know, that's what's beautiful about that relationship with you and the restaurant and you and your employees is you still want people to be happy. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's yeah. why we're in hospitality, right? You're it's still, not a restaurant. It's hospitality. All day. All day. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we just did a, a thing a couple of weeks ago where we volunteered at Kids Meals, you know, invited our customer base to come out. And we had 31 people. And it was cool because, I mean, those are things that we like to, like, I like to meet customers. Like, yeah. It's cool because, like, now with the foodie groups, I feel like I know them or they know me. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, people will add me on Facebook all the time and, you know, they feel like they ask questions and, I like that because it reminds me of how it was when we started at Vintage Park, yeah. right? That one-on-one yeah. relationship. They know me. I mean, everyone knew about Tyson. I mean, all my customers know about Tyson. I mean, a lot of the, you know, <laughs> yeah, the ones yeah. I'm close to, they know about my wife. They know what I like to, to do on the weekends. I mean, and, and you know, I, I'm not a very – I'm a pretty open book. So <laughs> Now you are. Now you're uh, no Now I am. Well, I mean, but, you know, it's nice because I know how it feels not to have friends, right? Yeah. So it's, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have people want to talk to me. So I appreciate that. Well, thanks for sharing that. So what we're going to do is take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the day-to-day operation, right? And then what the future looks like for cool. for Thomas and the crew and Pelly Pelly. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, Their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Yeah. You get one too. 
Huh? I said you get part two. Just messing with you. Oh, I'll just follow your example. Welcome to welcome back to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. My name's Connor. I'm I'm producer. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> I'm keeping that in as you should. <laughs> so welcome back to part two of Cost of Goods Told podcast. We're here with uh, Thomas Wynn from Pelly Pelly. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it, guys. It's been fun. Uh, we um we know you have a busy schedule with multiple locations, and since you are the end all be all of the marketing arm you call yourself you're not a leader but you are but since uh you got a full plate we appreciate you taking time out and we know you have a wife at home and a, a, a four-legged kid you know. a, a four-legged kid <laughs> <laughs> named tyson shout out to tyson appreciate <clears throat> but, i think i think kind of ahead. uh from from part one we were talking about leading up to opening up the, the first location um i think that that um is super ambitious too for a um a first time restaurant tour um especially with the footprint and the area of town of houston that you were going into um could you talk about kind of like the first few days of it or the first weeks you know in that location and and trying to because it's not like you went in there with a with a very recognizable or a uh a uh, proven concept you went in there with something that's very unique and very different for the um uh for the audience that's there absolutely i mean we were behind the eight ball from when we even started i mean we, we didn't have enough pe- money to hire people i mean even you know to train them right we hired people like the week of <laughs> so a lot of craigslist a lot of um i mean a lot of bad apples you gotta do what you gotta, you gotta do, do, right? do what you gotta do uh we i mean it was like when we open a location now you know, we have PR, you know, we have customers, we have reviews. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you can go to to kind of get excited about Pelly Pelly. Back then, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people wrote about us in the beginning. We certainly didn't have reviews. I don't know how our, our website even looked. There wasn't anything to grab onto. Yeah. Our menu was ugly. I mean, we. <laughs> I, I think we're still trying to figure out how to, like, properly get people excited i mean i think our menu looked like an ihop menu you know like <laughs> pictures everywhere and, yeah um well you, you know, did mention her in the first half that you had to figure it all out along we the way figured out yeah. yeah so i i mean i i've we literally have made like every mistake in the book in terms of hiring yeah. you know marketing uh what not to do you know yeah. What, yeah, i yeah. mean uh, we did it you know um so in the beginning it was it's tough i mean we're in a nice center that center had its own issues too though i mean yeah. uh, at the time you know you're talking about we opened in 2009 i mean the country was in the middle of a recession i know that houston w- didn't hit get hit as hard right. but that center that we we're in got hit really hard right i mean people weren't exactly lining up to sign you know five ten-year leases right, right. so <laughs> that center was 35 percent occupied for three years i mean there were restaurants that literally opened and closed before we even opened <laughs> and so you know bless them right uh and that was always, I mean, we put everything we had into this, right? So if this didn't work out, um, be first in line at the bankruptcy office. So let me, right? ask you, let me ask you a question about something you just said, because you know, opening a restaurant is very difficult, as you, as you know, right? But when you have to learn everything on the fly, you didn't have the experience. I mean, of course, you had Chef Paul in the kitchen, but front of the house-wise, he could give you some guidance. I mean, how difficult is it to recover when you're learning on the fly, especially when you're just open to the public. Right. And uh, is the public forgiving? And were you forgiving of yourself? I mean, how does that work? I mean, it just sounds extremely stressful <laughs> to me. It, it was, and, and, and honestly, uh, the good thing about it is we barely had any customers. <laughs> <laughs> so you so, had to say sorry to two people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember, there were, I remember there were days where we'd have seven people in the restaurant. I mean, we had more people that worked there than that came into the restaurant, right? Um, that was also depressing, right? Uh, because you know you had to you had to have some business to sustain, and you know we almost missed the mark a few times. Yeah. I mean, it was is nerve wracking. Um, the thing is, I spent all my time there. I had just gotten married that year as well, but I spent all my time there, and, and all I had to do, I mean, all I I had to just figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be in the restaurant day and night, seven days a week. Uh, all you can think about and all i wanted to think about was pelly <laughs> this is my this is my one opportunity to have a different life if yeah. not i'm i'm gonna be a lawyer a miserable lawyer for the rest of my life <laughs> and, and nobody that, wants to hire a miserable lawyer either that's for sure I, 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 that's not a like when you know you don't want something like you work your ass off to yeah. make sure you know you know you yeah. know if somebody told you hey thomas if, if you don't make this work you're gonna be a lawyer right uh, 
meaning you're going to have to do something that you don't want to do for the rest of your life. You're like faced with that those prospects. I mean, geez, I'm going to do everything in my power to to to, to be successful or at least sustain ourselves, right? right. So it it took a while. I mean, you know, it took Pelly probably about three years before we we turned the corner. Okay. And so you know, it's and it's tough, you know. And then even now, most people think Pelly Pelly's first location was Galleria. Right. Oh yeah. That's and so true. Yeah. you know, even though we were doing well in the suburbs, if you lived in Houston, most people hadn't heard of us. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, you know, now in Woodlands, like you know, there's a whole subset of people that have never heard about us as well. So, great opportunity there, but always still difficult in in the restaurant space, right? Mm-hmm. To to kind of gain that long term traction, and you know, it, it. I mean, everyone knows in this market, you know, you're hot one day, you're not <laughs> the next day. Right. You know, and so you know, there's new flashy cooler right. places that <laughs> open every day mm-hmm. and so you know so, we do what we can to survive would you call vent would you call vintage park suburbs yes okay so you went out to the suburbs three years you're finally up on your feet you're doing well everyone's high-fiving <laughs> and then you go hey we're hot in the suburbs now let's move next to the galleria are you serious that's a big <laughs> jump it's a big jump and even then uh, no one wanted us the galleria was we're supposed to open in the gateway which you know glad we didn't okay gateway memorial city oh okay okay. we're supposed to open next door to um coup oh really Uh and then we were supposed to open on washington we were supposed to be in the spot that kitchen 713 was at okay Uh or next door it's in that same building okay but everyone was like, there was always one person that said i don't know about them like (laughs) i know they're doing well in the suburbs but man this is can they survive in in yeah. in, 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 in town, right? Yeah, right. And, and so, luckily, you know, uh, you know, we ended up at the Galleria, and it was a big jump. And hey, I mean, it's kind of like, are you willing to bet on yourself? It's right? a beautiful restaurant. It's. Beautiful. I appreciate. It. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, our thought was like, look, I mean, if we're gonna take this national, if, if we have, if we're gonna make this a big thing, if we can't even survive and be popular in, in our own neighborhood, mm-hmm. then what's the point? I mean, yeah. we might as well just wrap it up, right? And so, Galleria was. Um, a proving point, a risky one, right. yeah. Um, but a proving point, right? And how long from first location Vintage Park to Galleria was there? Uh, it was about six years. Okay. okay. So, you know, I get that a lot of people are, oh, you guys are growing so fast, but man, it it, it took a while <laughs> to get to even the second one, right? Right. I mean, some people nowadays they're open like a year and they're like, oh, let's open the second so, one. So, right. three years to to being in the black, right? At, at Vintage. But then you had how long of a build out of the Galleria? 18 months? It was a while. Two years? No, it wasn't that long, but it was a while. So really, between the third year of profitability or, or being comfortable, you only had like another 12 months. And you already then you're, you're going, hey, we're going to open another one. Right. I mean, that's pretty quick. It is. It, it, it is. But at the time, the, there was a lot of buzz around us at the time. Okay. We were really okay. hot here. Um, and, you know... You know, you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, right? And so we just kind of leverage that that momentum and, and get the Galleria. You leverage that with your bank, with your investors. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Did you have the same investors and in bank for the second location? Uh, it, I mean, they've grown. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, for us, I mean, we've we've you know trying to do our best like everybody else to to grow. And we we've made some missteps along the way. Obviously, I mean, we, you know, we've I would say we've grown. We pull back a bit. You know, we're trying to refine our processes and our systems. Um, we had the mishap in Austin. Uh, we're in a lawsuit there. Um, we did. We had the fortunate opportunity to open Woodlands. That's been um, uh, very successful so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, knock on wood. So, um, you know, for us, just, man, we're like everybody else. Go through our ups and downs. It's been 10 years. We've been beat up. Uh, but we've had a lot of success along the way too, and ready to go for round two. So what know? happened in Austin? Are you guys the defendants? Or are you guys the prosecution? We're the plaintiffs. Okay, the plaintiffs. And so it just it was a misstep. But do you still want to go to Austin? I would think uh, you would. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I knew you'd say that. Absolutely. I, say that. <laughs> I mean, Austin is you know uh, it's a dream of mine, and uh, obviously I'm I believe burnt orange. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of great relationships there. Uh, we did. Uh, we were at ACL a couple years ago when we thought we were going to open in Austin and we did really well. Mm-hmm. Got to meet a lot of people in the community and it seemed like they're super excited. So, I mean, one of these days, um, you know, our dream, though, first and foremost, is to be a Houston favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care about any other city uh, except Houston first, right? right. Um, you know, we want to be a, I want, there's a lot of restaurants that come from other towns in. 
you know, we hear every day about Dallas, you know, concept coming in, Austin concept coming in, but I want to be the Houston concept that goes to Austin, the Houston concept that goes to Dallas, right? Sure. One of these days, the Houston concept that goes national. I want to represent Houston, and I think we're the, the concept that should represent Houston in the sense that we're a bunch of, you know, misfits. We're, <laughs> you know, we're not people that were born in this industry. Um, we're immigrants. You know, we're diverse. Obviously, I'm not South African. Uh, <laughs> what you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, you I know? South African Asian. That meant that said told the whole story. <laughs> Isn't that your Instagram? That's, Instagram That's my Instagram. Yeah. That's right. And you know, I, I think we, we represent the, the melting pot that is that that makes our that city so wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really proud. I I admit to you, there's a time, and I'm sure for every Houstonian, there's a part of you that's like at one point you're like, mm, I don't know about this town, right? Yeah. There's not a lot going on. 10, 15, 20 years ago, but man, this this city has been on fire the last few years, and we're getting uh, well-deserved recognition. A lot of wonderful chefs in this town mm-hmm. are are leading the fight to to bring that attention to Houston, and not just for food. I mean, you know, I think people are realizing what a beautiful uh, ecosystem we've built down here. Right? I feel great. I feel really safe. I mean, this is where I want to live for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, I love that you walk around. There's every nationality out there is every cuisine and it's normalized it's not like we're doing it to be cool yeah it's just it is what it is right yeah. there's a chinatown and katie big deal <laughs> right? like yeah. okay that's actually it's a really good point because i mean that just popped up right out right. of nowhere i mean you, obviously you have enough communities to, to support it but to build a whole chinatown out in katie i remember when i read that in the community news you know the impact right, right. yeah i was like really but now it makes sense you go out there and it, it's just warm and inviting and, and you really are transformed into a different culture which is not a bad thing right otherwise we all just be running around looking at each other like hey you're not normal but it's really cool to be exposed to all that no I'm, you know? I, I still love I still live out in Katy yeah you know uh, I, I love that and I think Katy is representative of I mean every pocket in Houston right yeah mm-hmm. it's I mean uh, very community focused very family focused I mean uh, Houston's just a great town and you know again for us to be able to represent small part of that on the restaurant side you know i'd love to be able to represent the beauty of houston when we expand to other cities when you talk about <clears throat> houston um and with the locations that you have so vintage park galleria katie woodlands and then you have Pelly Pelly kitchen which mm-hmm. i kind of just call i don't know it's close it's kind of close it's not more spring katie, branch more, yeah, yeah. kind of ish each demographic kind of has a different Different. profile you know and so do the menus reflect that is it something that you have to be super conscious of because the woodlands location has the vintage park menu correct so so great that you mentioned that so we're so it's been 10 years right uh-huh. and for us like we want to evolve so we actually have a new partner and a new executive chef named ryan stewart uh actually my next door neighbor right now oh, cool. <laughs> he's a big time restaurateur in south africa he has 16 locations mm in uh, Pretoria, Durban, and, and Johannesburg okay. uh, called Mozambique. and But he wants to raise his kids in America, and he thought Houston was the perfect city. Well, and there's some stuff going on in South Africa. Absolutely. You know. You know, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad he we were able to find each other. Uh, he's, uh, we've been, we're very lucky to have him. Um, they're very happy to be in Houston. Um, and so for him, like, you know, we had a great first 10 years, right? And, and I like to think that our, ne- our next chapter is going to be wonderful as well. A little bit different right I mean we're we're actually dropping prices mm-hmm. we're actually going to a more I'm not gonna say farm to table but certainly made from scratch fresher ingredients okay um, and you know we're going a little bit more authentic as well you know we've had customers that have been eating with us for 10 years time to give them yeah like continue their journey yeah. you've earned their cuisine. trust so yeah. you know now now is the time to to really push the envelope with right them, you and know? and so maybe like before is 80 20 80 fusion 20 percent authentic maybe now it might be 60 40 okay you know let's 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 give ryan some some latitude to experiment bring some of his flavors authentic flavors from right. south africa to to houston right? right and you know do it in a manner that people find visually pleasing or comfor- comfortable mm-hmm. right um, I think that's always been our approach. So, you know, for us too, I think when we opened, it was all about beautiful environment, affordable prices. And, you know, I think in the last couple of years, because of market prices, we kind of follow that trend and our prices are a little bit higher than I'd like them to be. So we're, we're trying to drop everything down um, 
under forty dollars for entrees, right? Okay. Um, that's a big step for us as a company. Yeah. Uh, to give people fresher ingredients, uh, and that's how we're able to do that. By the way, yeah. you know, it's not just giving people less. Because that, <laughs> that, so that it sounds yeah. like you're moving to a seasonal platform. So something maybe maybe the menu is changing quarterly or semi annually. We'll see. You say fresh. That, that affords what's what's available right now. Right. Right. So and that's going to be he's going to incorporate that, right? Okay. So so to your to, uh, to your point, we open Woodlands with this menu. And vintage because we trained there, mm-hmm. and then now Katie's gonna get that in the next couple weeks, Very and, cool. and Galleria will have it by November. Okay, so by I would say, but before Thanksgiving, we'll have the same menu. Okay, right. and and we're gonna let it. Well, we're gonna ride with it for a bit, right? Okay. I mean, the babuti now is a couple dollars less. The, all the desserts have been dropped a couple dollars. I mean, they're not huge differences, but you know, I think our our customer base is appreciating the movement. Yeah, of course, and you know, and understanding that they're getting same value yeah. right yeah. um you know our espatada for example has one side less so we dropped it you know dropped the price on that right. now if they if people want the exact same dish then they're going to pay the same price as they would have before sure right. but now at least everyone that doesn't want to eat three sides they can feel like oh cool like i can save a few bucks yeah right and you know not have to, i don't have to waste food and right? a few bucks can actually change the difference between someone's perception of right this is approachable and this isn't you know absolutely um i think probably the 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 best thing that y'all did was with the peli peli kitchen is that could be someone's first introduction to mm-hmm. something and yeah it's tacos and sandwiches or whatever you want to call it but you're getting you know the the taste and and you're kind of getting a a, a good a good representation of what peli peli is right um, for under I, I, 15. 15 I took my wife there yeah I think we we didn't pay over 15 bucks a person you know and I mean everything was just phenomenal and it was Thank like oh, okay well now I'll give you a shot <laughs> you know like you know the, it, it's a good introduction to then being able to go up and say all right now I'm going to spend 25 30 you know up to up to 40 or whatever. I think what I like you about know? PPK too is just the environment is very it's it's bright it's funky um, it's got you know murals on the wall that's sort of akin to like you know spray painting or graffiti. Right. It's just yeah. a cool spot to go, um, which is completely different from the Galleria. But to your point, the introduction is um, you get a you get a completely different environment at a completely different price tag, right. but still authentic food. So right. I, I really like that. I, I like going there because it's super casual for me. Well, so. we did we did the peri peri chicken, which is you know if you've mm-hmm. heard of Nando's before, you know Ryan was their direct competitor in South Africa, so. We're able to do authentic peri-peri chicken, our burger, the Joe burger, uh, <laughs> the patty is a South African meatball called mm-hmm. Frikadel. Mm-hmm. So we're able to have some fun with it. Um, some people don't care. They're like, man, that's kill a burger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but others like the, the nuances in the, in the flavor profile. So. Fried onions are the best. On that. <laughs> and you kick it up with some extra hot sauce, man. That's not all. South African, but you know. That's good. <laughs> I don't care what it is. It's fusion. It's but good, I don't know. <laughs> So obviously, over the course of the, the ten years um, and growing and so forth, how much have y'all pivoted from like kind of what the original game plan was? Is you know because I don't know if the Woodlands was supposed to be a Peli Peli or if it was supposed to be a Peli Peli Kitchen or you know like because you know from and I'll give him a shout out the Eric Sandler podcast that was a very different conversation that you had with him. Shout than out Eric Sandler. I think is you know yeah absolutely. Hey, Eric. You know, <laughs> Uh, he'll be, he'll I'll be, be on this on, podcast next week. He'll be oh, on nice. the podcast too. Okay. Oh, nice! He's, he's going to come out. <laughs> um, how much has that that game plan kind of changed? And ha- you know, I mean, you've been throwing some curveballs, yeah. obviously, so you have to adapt. Um, and I think that that could be super. I tell Darren this all the time with you know starting a, a media company or something. The the littlest thing can take the wind out of your sails. And let alone if I had been in my restaurants and something like that happened, it's like. Not only are the winds out of my sails, but I got to show up, and now Smile. you know this this <laughs> kitchen guy called out, or like you know this vendor right. didn't bring something. Let alone having to drive to three different locations, you know, or what have you. What what do you think is the direction now that 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 y'all are looking for moving forward? I, I think some of the missteps that we've had have been a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it allowed it reminded us that listen, man, like it's not going to be cool to expand and, and rule the world if people in your own neighborhood don't even love you right Mm. i mean and so for us we're like you know what before we start expanding rapidly let's make sure like house is in order like let's make sure that like every route that we have to put down in houston we we can do like Mm -hmm. i want i want people to love us like you know 
Whataburger, right? I want to be a regional yes. favorite, and and that's become more valued to me than it used to be. Okay, like it used to be like, oh, let's just open up, like let's just expand, you know. And and I didn't, I, I didn't appreciate potentially like legacy or impact. Okay, like you know, for us, it does matter a little bit more now I that gotcha. that you know what that we we're just beloved here and that we represent and that people are proud of what we're trying to do. Nice. Like, so as opposed to going from we're just trying to show proof of concept, right? You know, we actually want to be endeared in mm. the neighborhood, and I think I think you've shown that, and I think the um, the side of you uh, that comes out with your marketing, whether it's um, teaming up with Nextseed, mm-hmm. who's a wonderful company, um, to open up the Katie location. Um, shout out to Abe over there. Um, <laughs> What's good, up, Abe? Good and young <laughs> <laughs> Um To even the the thirty day, all you're gonna eat is peli peli, and and you know showcasing that. You know, I think that 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 helps make that connection and so forth. You know, but you've also changed with the times. You've also adapted. You've also been very very creative on that side to try and get the community involved and so forth. Right. And I think that that has been a shift that even from the outside we have seen, where it was like, oh, okay, we saw your Galleria spot come, you know, come come about. But you were kind of there, you know. Um, now, now, I mean, ev- everywhere that I go and, and we talk, and, and all the places mm. that you post, they mention you, and and you are Appreciate part of that. that restaurant community, which is different. You know, when I was going through it, it wasn't like chefs and restaurateurs were really building each other up like the barbecue community does. But to see yeah. you doing it, and and maybe not coming from that background it, it is about building the community and so forth and i and i absolutely love seeing that and i applaud the living heck out of it you know because everybody benefits and you are going to build those relationships and you are going to build that community and i think you really have and i think that the the, the shift has changed for you and i'm super excited for the woodlands location and how that's going to you know pivot y'all into a whole different demographic because you know the woodlands group are, are so different than the katie group you know and not that either is bad or anything like that it's just unique. another demographic they're all unique they're all unique they're all unique and <laughs> all i love unique them all flowers yeah of God. exactly <laughs> um but it is giving you a great representation of houston um and i absolutely love that you know all of them are saying hey we love that peli peli's here I, I mean, that's the best thing is when we do like food events and people come up and they're like, man, I love you guys. You know, uh, and it, it makes, I mean, it makes everything worthwhile, right? I mean, I, we're not, maybe in the past we try to prove a point, we try to educate. Now I don't really care. You know, just, <laughs> I just want people that eat at our restaurants to come in, just come in with an open mind. The fact that you're willing to try something that doesn't fit inside of a box that's yeah. that comes from different countries that represent different flavors i'm not trying to change you as a person i'm just trying to open up your taste buds a bit <laughs> and have some fun right yeah. i mean that should be what it's about i mean obviously me not being south african i'm not trying to sit here to make you think that you need to eat south african food every day i'm all about hey it's a melting pot mm-hmm. like come in and explore have some fun right if i would put a smile on your face with our food then i that's something that makes me proud. And I think that's what people like. That ma- now, when they come up, they don't always tell me like, oh, I like X. They're just like, man, I love you guys. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the best, that's the best two, compliment. There's two things. If Thomas, in my opinion, if Thomas hasn't made you happy with his food, he will model clothes for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him at festivals get pulled into a modeling gig. And look at it. <laughs> I was a model. And he knows he was a model. <laughs> Did you enjoy the modeling experience? That, I mean, that, that was ACL. That was fun. It was ACL. That was, was an awesome guy. <laughs> but, I, uh, you know, well, I'll dress up as Taco Robin because I figure, like, at, at uh, Taco Landia, right? Yeah. And, uh, look, I'm like, look, if, whether you like our food or not, at least when they come to our booth, they'll laugh. Yeah. They can laugh at me. It'll be fun. But, you know, but I just want people, when they, they come and see us, to leave with a smile. Here's what I, here's what I think um, I admire the most about you now, whether you – Again, you, you've come out of your shell. But, you know, in 2009, you couldn't see past your face in terms of a restaurant. <laughs> Literally, you're, you're buried in the details. Right. You're figuring it out on the go. Um, you didn't know how – you didn't have the maturity in the industry to be able to have the foresight, to look forward and say, now here's what we're going to do three, four, five years from now. You're just trying to survive at that point. Absolutely. You're just getting up every day. You're kissing your brand-new wife goodbye. <laughs> and you're saying, I'll see you in 18 hours when I get home, right? <laughs> But that's part of the process, and I think you've you've done a good job of relating to the customer and prospective customers uh, through social media. 
mm-hmm. through creating those connections, through inviting people to come eat, through a through a message that is is serious but fun. And people like to have fun when they go out. They want to have an experience Absolutely. when they go dining. And I think you've done a good job with the marketing side of that. I appreciate it. And man. bringing the customer into the brick and mortar. And when not, then they're coming to the festivals to hang out with the Taco Man or, <laughs> or South African Asian or whoever you want to be that day. But it's, it's very endearing. Um, and I think we don't see enough of that in the restaurant industry to embrace customers, prospective customers. And you've got that nailed for sure. I think, I I think you, that man. will continue to drive your success, whether it be in this industry or another, uh, in the right direction for you. I mean, I, that, I think that's how Houston is. Though. I mean, even meeting these guys on your podcast next. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everyone in our industry that I've met with, it's just been open arms, right? Yeah. I think that's, yeah, and, and so it makes you feel like you need to also <laughs> give, you know, to your colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wrote that thing for Houston Food Finder. It's not about Pelly. But I'm like, man, if I can highlight, I mean, I live out in Katy. A lot of people doing some great things in the kitchen in Katy. Sure. If I could write something that helps them, I mean, that's what it's about. And that's what I've learned from other colleagues in the industry as well. There's a lot of people that help Pelly get to this point as well. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been, I mean, sure. people have been like forthcoming about their information, how they've gotten there. So who am I not to continue that trend, right? So on that note then. What's the goal? What's the goal for Pelly Pelly? What's the goal for Thomas Wynn? Um, and what, what do you want to do in the next five years? Because before you couldn't see it. I mean, you just right. buried, right? <laughs> what, what do you see happening in the next five years? Or what's the goal? Uh, you know, that's tough to say. I, I certainly, I want to be happy and continue doing what we're doing. I, I, I want to continue making our customers happy and building that reputation. Mm-hmm. I used to, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, hey, you know, I want 100 locations. Right. You know, nationwide. I don't know if that's so important to me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I want to do things the right way. I want to make sure the locations that we have are creating the right kind of impacts. I actually want to do more stuff in the community. I want to do more proms. I want to do more. You're you a know, big supporter events. of that prom. You're a big yeah. Supporter. Listen, I have an opportunity to create a lot of events that impact the community, and and th- that was the whole point of like Pelly Pelly being that platform, right? Yeah. And so, if I could do more events like that, that'd be great. Um, and so whether I have another 10, whether I have another 100, I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's God's plan. So for me, Amen. I'm just going to enjoy the journey and, and hope that I can do, use my skill set to help others um, and, you know, have some fun. So, so for other, <laughs> this is my last question. Go ahead. Go ahead. So for other new restaurateurs or people thinking about who, I mean, the whole reason we do this podcast is so we can pick the brain of the people who have been down the road. Right. And so for those who are thinking about getting into the industry, whether it be brick and mortar, whether it be a food trailer, whether it be a pop up, what's your advice for them? What's your advice to get started in the food industry? Uh, If you're starting in the food industry, uh, make sure you have a passion for it. Uh, This business will eat you up if if you don't love something about what you're doing. Right. Whether that you love to cook, whether you love dealing with people. um, You know, it can't be a 95 job. Right. I mean, can't check out you can't check out and, and and if you can't check out in a job that you don't love i mean you what kind of life is that right i heard you say that word miserable more than one time <laughs> absolutely right? so, and i like to live by one that says you know I, I do what i love and love what i do you you, you find you find peace in that as well i yeah. mean i mean think about the think about all the chefs that we look up to right now <laughs> i mean those guys like you think they really care like how much money they're making right now yeah I mean, they're having fun, yeah, and they're good at it because they live and breathe it. You sure. can't compete against someone like that. Yeah, you can't nine to five against that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, I mean, a sure. guy that thinks and lives and breathes his his business, how can you beat him? You can't outwork him. Yeah. So that would be my advice. You know, is make sure that you know if you're doing something, do it for the love of it. Obviously, you got to make money. Sure. I, I'm not saying <laughs> you do it for fun and you're not making money. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying make sure that you know. Refine your business side, but also make sure that if you're going to do a particular restaurant side, it's something that you enjoy. Yeah, because we're all business owners here. All three of us have our own business right. in some shape or form, and I can't go turn it off at night. Right? I can't walk <laughs> away. I can't punch out at 5 and go home and not think about it until the next morning at 8. I mean, it's all night, and so you you know it's that. like Groundhog Day, right? Every day, every day. I don't know if the customers going to show up or not. <laughs> I mean, we, right. we, we, we pray, we hope, right? But how yeah. do you know? I mean, how do you know, right? Yeah. I mean... That's something that we can't take for granted, and that's what I mean by it. I mean, it's it's a hard business, but I love it. There's some days, obviously, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's 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 tough some days. I'm super stressed some days. I have more gray hair than I'd like to have, 
Woodlands is super stressful, uh, but I, I'm thankful that we have it, I'm, I'm, and I love it. I mean, yeah. great, great team out there. Um, but, uh, you know, my partner Ryan says, for the love of the game, right? Yeah, and and I, that's, that's a great um, – that's a great way to put it. I know you like to run, I, and I would say that this is a more of a marathon than a sprint. Oh <laughs> yeah, because the ultra entre- marathon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, being an entrepreneur is ups and downs. I mean, it's uh, never this smooth ride. Because if it is, then you're doing something wrong. I'll, right? I'll the, tell you this. I, I'll tell you this. Every restaurateur uh, should do an Ironman. And I'll tell you, Ironman doing an Ironman was one of the best things I ever did in my life. And I wish I had done it ten years ago. Why is that? Because it may. Because it. It's a uh, pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. Teaches and, and you a lot about yourself. Teaching you a lot about yourself and how much how you can manage pain. Mm-hmm. And 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 our and I know that sounds sadistic a little bit, no, no, but no. but it, our business is pain management. Right. I mean, there are not people think it's glorious and it's you know so so wonderful to be a restaurateur. But you and everyone knows, everyone listening to this knows it's it's ugly sometimes. No, no matter how good you get at doing an Ironman or no matter how good you get at doing a restaurant. It's always a suffer fest. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> the, the whole way. It's just a matter of mentally being able to prepare yourself for it. My mom's training for, for oh, an Ironman. Oh, awesome. Man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and she just talks about it. She's like, it will never be easy. It's not like it's not like I could practice running just the marathon and then eventually a marathon becomes like, oh, I'm done with the marathon and I can breathe and, you know, what have you. The whole way through all, I mean, the, the Ironman and the half Ironmans and things like that, that she's done, it's just pain tolerance, like you said, and it's, it, it's not getting easier. Right. And the restaurant industry won't get easier. It's just a matter of finding joy throughout I, the process. You just said it, and that's the key. Like, if you ask me, do you want to bike for six, seven hours? Absolutely not. Do you want to <laughs> run a marathon? That's a suffer fest. But you learn through your training to be able to embrace at certain points and actually enjoy parts of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, as I cried twice during my first Iron Man. Oh, shit. Embarrassing. But there are also parts of it that were glorious. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, related man. Oh, man. I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then especially afterwards when you finish, right? All that work that you put in. Of course. I mean, so for me, like, it, I translate a lot of it over to what I do day to day. It's, it's a suffer fest. Yeah. I mean, there are some days where you just, why? I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and, and it's tough. And, yeah. and, you know, you got your finances tied to it, your livelihood tied to it. It's not fun some days. Yeah. And so, but some days, glory, no, right? Yeah, some days when absolutely. you run into customers or, you know, you do certain things or do, making an impact, you're like, wow, cool. This that's, is a, that's a great analogy, too, because I, I don't think people test their mental toughness enough. Mm-hmm. And while the restaurant business is physically tough, right? Being an owner is mentally tough, right. right? You're not the one standing in the kitchen, although you may have to on certain days. <laughs> but yeah, man, you, I mean, if you can't, if you don't have the stamina to withstand the mental toughness right. of it, you, you'll be out in a second. So I, I'm, we both work in the restaurant industry, and you work there day in and day in and day out too. So <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Where can they find you? Yep. Where can no, they no, find no, you on so. social media? Where do they find uh, you? On Instagram and I think Facebook, South African Asian, uh, and you know my name's Thomas Wynn, So say hi add me uh follow me and you know anything i can do to help let me know so you got the vintage location the woodlands location which is galleria mm-hmm. galleria galleria katie uh and uh yeah five total okay cool yeah four fine dining peli peli you can catch us at peli peli.com uh fast casual peli peli kitchen.com and uh we'll see what happens after this you know that's awesome man. well you got two guys right here cheering the hell for you uh Thank you. i know we've uh i've had the chance to go into the woodlands location a couple times and each time it's been it's been phenomenal we brought other industry guys into it too <laughs> and they've enjoyed it as well shout Thanks out for to bringing the corkscrew guys will yeah. and nicole from hey. corkscrew barbecue shout out corkscrew <laughs> shout out to them um that's awesome man thank you for talking so much um thanks for being honest with the journey and so forth i think people need to hear that i think that there's a lot of guys out there that need to know that it's i i think it's perfect the the analogy of of an iron man and it is and um you know i hope that this helps them um I'm, I'm getting long-winded again. I, I always do, but y'all just want to hang out with me. It's cool. That's it. That's <laughs> it, man. I don't want to. He's cool. We know he's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thomas, thank you, man. We really appreciate your time, and we like what you do. And you're all right. You're pretty cool. I appreciate. It. Thank you're you. You're not a leader yet, but you will be one day. <laughs> like and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars. Five stars. Find us on Instagram. All that good stuff. We're out of here. Thanks all. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, 
Their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com.